Did you know that 420 friendly tourism vacations attract millions of visitors annually? Hello and welcome to TripCast 360, the podcast of lively banter about travel, tourism, and entertainment. This is Michael Gordon-Bennett coming to you, as always, from Las Vegas, Nevada. And I am joined by my dear friend, my co-host, my partner in crime, Dave Cumberbatch, who I believe is resting someplace comfortably out there in Long Island, uh, soaking in the rays. Uh, What's going on, Dave? We're having a nice day today. The temperature is good. We tend to touch on temperatures because you are somewhere, you're somewhere <laughs> where the temperature is over 100 degrees. So we tend to, we to say that. We haven't been over 100 in uh, about five days now. Oh, good. It's, okay. it's, it's actually been raining here. I think today's the first day it hasn't rained in a week, which is very yeah. unusual for Las Vegas. But for those of you who don't know, Las Vegas does have a monsoon season and we're in it. Um, and we're in it right now. So I think we're going to get our first hundred degree temperature just in time for me to leave Thursday to go to California to visit my kids. So, uh, I'm, I'm glad to get out of town for a few days where the temperature, I think I looked up the high temperature will be 80 degrees. Nice, nice, nice. That must be Northern California. Uh, this is actually Southern California. It's actually along the, it's actually along the coast down in Orange County where my son lives in LA County and stuff like that. So yeah, um, one of the things that people don't know about the California climate is if you're along the coast, if you're within five miles of the coast, the temperature is usually fairly moderate. You go five or six miles inland, those temperatures start to rise rapidly. Yeah, we're, we're, we're good on that front. Hey, Dave, you've been watching any of the Olympics? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I heard, um, as a matter of fact, I didn't actually see the announcement, but a friend of mine called me and she told me that um, Simone Baza Took a break from the Olympics. Yeah, well, I, I know she pulled out of the team event, but to her credit, she never left the floor. She stayed on the floor and cheered on her teammates, even with her injury. Yeah, it's it's been kind of exciting. I, I guess, you know, when we started this podcast, we were talking about going to Tokyo for the, for the Olympics before everything was canceled. And it's bizarre to me to sit there and watch a sporting event with no fans. <laughs> probably even more bizarre for the athletes it, it, exactly i mean I, I thought the nba bubble was bad this is worse mm, yeah. <laughs> this is really bad so anyway but those guys seem to be very much focused i mean you know the u.s unfortunately had to defend a lot of a lot of their gold medals and i guess that doesn't leave any room whatsoever for but any you, you know what? And I've said this before. Anybody who's ever played sports knows if you're on top, guess what the people behind you are doing? They're trying to figure out how to defeat you. That's right. If you don't improve your game, they eventually catch up. It happened in the pool with Katie Ledecky losing to the lady from Australia. It's it's going to happen. It's just it's sports. That's why you compete. You know, uh, right. you know, when the Warriors were on top in the NBA followers, everybody built their team to defeat the Warriors. That's just the nature of, of sports. Yeah, you know, um, I'm not uh, I'm not too surprised by it, not too upset by it. I I think it's good for competition. I I am one of those people who detests blowouts, regardless of what team I'm cheering for. And I tell you, in in tournaments like the Olympics, uh, I root for small countries. (laughs) I root for the (laughs) underdogs. (laughs) Yeah, well, speaking of underdogs, I think it was uh, Bermuda got their first gold medal ever yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, that's our guest, Norman Lawrence, which I'm going to introduce him in a minute. But no, Norman, keep talking. Uh, This is this is getting you in here. We don't get a chance to do our lively (laughs) banner with our guests that often. So, no, keep going. Um, 
yeah, so the uh, yeah, so watching this is kind of fun. Um, I can't wait for the track and field events to start. All right. Yeah, another week next week. That's where Jamaica will dominate in the in the track in the track and field. Yeah, well, at least you know, the running events. Yeah. Yeah, 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 they have high hopes. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah. the Jamaican women. Yes. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the men have a fighting chance thanks to Usain Bolt being retired. But to the women, uh, no, I think the women are going to clean house for Jamaica. I really do. Um, anyway, let's uh, get started here. Um, this is the podcast, Tripcast 360. And you can catch us anywhere you uh, listen to your podcast. Uh, I don't care what platform it is, we're on it. But the best place to catch it, obviously, is on our website, tripcast360.com. We post a new episode every Monday except a holiday. And uh, so we invite you to like us, follow us, subscribe, invite your friends, do whatever. This isn't your normal travel log podcast. Uh, you know, we're not synonymous. I don't like falling asleep listening to podcasts. We like to have fun. We laugh. We joke. We tell stories. Some of them not fit for human consumption, but we tell them anyway. So uh, have some fun with us. And uh, Dave is going to share with you a little bit about where you can find us on our social media. Yeah, well, we'll be derelict if we didn't mention that we are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, we are on Twitter, and we are on LinkedIn. And, um, you know, you know the drill. Follow us, like us, tag us, and message us. Cool, cool, cool. And uh, um, we've got some changes coming to the website. We're going to start incorporating some video into our platform soon and some other uh, exciting changes. We're still working on the store. I know I've been promising that for weeks, but it's been quite an undertaking, to say the least. But it's mm -hmm. all coming. We're going to get there sooner or later. Right. Anyway, that voice that you have been hearing, as I mentioned a few moments ago, is actually our guest today. His name is Norman Lawrence. He's the founder and CEO of Ganja Vacations. And yes, you heard that correctly. Um, thanks. <laughs> thanks to Jamaica's relaxed cannabis laws, Lawrence and his team working with Jamaican resort leaders have put together several vacation packages with ganja friendly resorts in Jamaica. And they not only allow you to smoke or whatever your uh, pleasure is to your heart's content, but they will actually help facilitate purchasing quality products throughout Jamaica. We'll discuss this and Norman's incredible journey to Ganja Vacations uh, here on today's episode of TripCast 360. Norman, my friend, here's the formal welcome from us. Well, thank you very much. Happy to be here. Yeah, well, Norman, uh, you know, we want to hear a bit about you, but prior to getting into the uh, entrepreneurial uh, bug, prior to having that bug, you spent 25 years uh, in banking. Uh, right. you, you worked at... Uh, uh, Chase Manhattan Bank, Citicorp, etc. Then you, then you ventured out on Ganja, uh, <laughs> Ganja vacations. Right. Tell us, tell us about your your start, your background, and how you eventually uh, ventured out to to start uh, your uh, platform. Well, you know, it's a uh, it's a long and unusual journey. Um, and I didn't go directly from banking into this. There's quite a few years in between. I left banking like, you know, I was in banking for a long time and uh, was uh, fairly successful in, in, in that arena. Uh, but like uh, um, uh, many people always had the entrepreneurial bug, wanted to do this, wanted to do that. Um, but it's sometimes very hard to leave a really nice paycheck, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> regular we, paycheck. Yeah, we know all about that, by the way. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but, uh, but eventually I did. 
and um, and uh, 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 founded uh, several different um, uh, ventures, you know, with varying degrees of success. Um, eventually, got into um, online marketing, and um, it's through my online marketing um, venture, uh, and through actually. Uh, the wedding of my son at a particular resort in Jamaica that I, I, um, I happened on a Jamaican client. And, um, and um, spent a couple of years or so doing some digital marketing for this client. And through that experience, um, became aware of the sort of problems that these small resorts have. This resort only had about 17, 18, 19 rooms. And, um, you know, these, these resorts, for the most part, um, don't do well. You know, many of them are absentee-owned, <laughs> you know, and um, they do not have the, um, the resources to do the kind of marketing that they need to do or the scale to do the kind of marketing they do to differentiate themselves from the big boys. Uh, even though many of them offer a unique experience, a unique Jamaican experience, that's very different from the big branded hotels, um, which I think um, um, a lot of foreigners who come to Jamaica would love. And through that experience, I thought it, I, I started thinking about a venture called Native Jamaica. <laughs> and Native Jamaica would focus on, on a... Um, on, an, on a vacation experience in Jamaica that was closer to the Jamaican people uh, would um, would involve mostly small, quaint resorts at picturesque locations, that sort of thing. And um, however, as that idea and ganja was going to be part of that experience, and uh, as the more I thought about it, the more I researched it, it is the more it came to me that ganja was really the more important <laughs> aspect of this deal. And uh, over a period of months, uh, the idea morphed into this thing uh, that we now call, uh, you know, ganja vacation. <laughs> but your research was right on target because most folks, when they think of Jamaica, what comes to mind? Ganja comes to mind. There's this, there's this trend now for 420 four friendly vacations. Right, right. So um, your analysis was, was right on point. How difficult was it for you to get this project off and going and to be successful? Well, I, you know, success is still a little way off, you know, because of COVID. Uh, right. You know, uh, we launched this website in late 2019. Okay. And at the time, the plan was to operate under the radar, you know, for a few months. Um, you know, until we got some traction in terms of the number of hotels in Jamaica that were signed up for us. And then perhaps sometime in the first quarter uh, or second quarter of 2020, you, you know, we'd make a big splash, a big formal launch. But in between those times, COVID happened, right? right. And, um, and it basically knocked us out of the water, just like about any other business related to travel. Um, so. You know, we have been um, treading water, um, uh, doing some of the necessary things in terms of um, 
populating the platform with more and more resorts and resorts of of different kinds in different parts of the country, uh, getting those sort of relationships in place and um, trying to time um, the best moment uh, to start some real aggressive marketing. You know, based on reports that I've seen from TripAdvisor and from uh, VRBO, it seems like domestic marketing, domestic vacation travel is coming back. But I think there's still a lot of fear uh, about foreign vacations. And so, um, you know, if you had asked me last year, um, uh, say around uh, this time, I would have said that, um, uh, you know, foreign travel would probably be coming back around this time, about the second or third quarter 2020. But now with all of these new variants, you know, appearing on the scene, who knows, it may be another year or so uh, before um, foreign travel comes back in earnest. You know, we're getting bookings here and there, but, you know, we, we don't have the sort of sustained business that, that uh, we expected you know, uh, by this point in time. Well, let's get into the weeds, pardon the pun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> let's get into the weeds for a minute. Give us, uh, I know Jamaica has relaxed their cannabis laws. Give us the Cliff Notes version of those laws as it pertains to tourists coming into Jamaica. Okay. Well, technically speaking, um, only medicinal weed is legal in Jamaica, technically speaking. Okay. Um, however, and and, um, and um, a foreigner coming to Jamaica uh, in order to buy weed legally at a dispensary or at a herb house, as they're called in Jamaica, uh, they need to have a um, a, a medical card uh, from their from a from a dis uh, from a, a medical professional in their host country, or they can get one in Jamaica. However, uh, as a practical matter. Under the Jamaican law, you know, all you have to do to be able to buy a card, to get a card, is to say that you're going to use it for a therapeutic purpose. (laughs) 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 And and, and all of the dispensaries have medical personnel on staff. And so, so long as you are over the age of consent, so long as you're an adult, prove that you're an adult, you can get a medical card at any one of these dispensaries in about 10 minutes, I'm told. I've, I've, I've not tried. So, you know, it's, um, it's, it's for all practical purposes, it, 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 you know, it's legal for recreational purposes, although I don't believe the government would like to uh, hear me say that. And so any person, any, any tourist can have up to two ounces on their person at any time. And uh, even if you're caught, uh, with more than that, uh, the penalty is de minimis. It's 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 like getting a parking ticket here. It's it's the equivalent to about two bucks in uh, in U.S. dollars. It doesn't carry any kind of criminal record. Okay, so 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 for the crazy American traveler who decides they want to uh, take a pound of weed on the plane with them and come into Jamaica, don't do it. You can get it there. 
you can get it there and and you'd be arrested <laughs> and uh, you'd be arrested coming in right yeah yeah well, you, yeah. you know, Dave, Dave flies in on his private jet. So, you know, when he goes up in there, everybody just like, you know, just, just gives in to him. So, I, yeah. I'm yeah. so, so, so I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I read somewhere on your website, I believe that Jamaica is just the first within the Caribbean region and you're looking yeah. possibly to expand other places if they relax their laws as well. Yes. Um, you know, a Ganja vacation does not have to be in Jamaica, right? It can be anywhere in the world. And uh, as of right now, um, I believe that most of the Caribbean islands have some sort of uh, decriminalization or legalization law moving their le- through their legislatures. Jamaica is uh, about a year or two ahead of everybody else, but they, they're all moving in that direction. And so I believe that in about five years or so, there's a very strong possibility that there will be a robust Caribbean-wide, you know, cannabis tourism business. Uh, and, you know, for its part, you know, Jamaica, the Jamaican government, the Minister of Tourism, for example, has uh, stated in earnest that um, they really want to establish Jamaica as a world-class, um, well-known destination for medicinal ganja. I mean, that is that is a stated government objective. And they've even designated a certain region in the northwest of the country where they'd like to see these sorts of these sorts of um, facilities uh, develop. I don't think that as of right now, they're providing much support for these kinds of facilities. But I, I, I can see movement towards it. You know, there are a number of facilities that are in the development stage. And I believe, and I can see this happening, um, that there's some of the regular um, uh, tourist hotels that uh, will convert uh, to uh, to health and wellness and medicinal um, ganja tourism as that industry evolves. In your original plans for a ganja vacation, a ganja holiday, um, you mentioned that COVID pretty much was spoken for the time being. But but your original vision, if I came to Jamaica on a Ganja vacation, what would my experience be on property first? Okay. So first of all, let me define a Ganja vacation and, yes. and, and what we do and how we're different. Yeah. Um, uh, I would define a Ganja vacation at minimum as a holiday with an expectation to do at least one and probably two things. One, consume ganja in some form, right? It could be recreational, it could be medicinal, it could be culinary, right? But you want to consume it in some form. And two, uh, you expect to stay at a property, at a hotel, a B&B, a guest house, whatever, that permits its use in the property. So that is, that is what I, I would define as a ganja vacation, right? Now, um, what, do, what do we do? And, and how are we different from, say, other vacation portals? Because that's what we are. We're a vacation portal for what I'd call curated ganja vacation experience in Jamaica. 
Um, and I may even start a little bit beyond that to, to talk about just why are we needed and what purpose do we you know, serve? What services do we provide? Now, cannabis is, is becoming mainstream in America, right? Uh, it is already legal in some form in 48 states, believe it or not. Uh, 12% of U- U.S. adults say they smoke weed, right? I believe the question was actually for that survey was if they had smoked it in the past year. <laughs> right? And, uh, and um, as you may know, it's been in the news nationwide, um, sales of both recreational and medicinal weed spiked during the lockdown. Okay, sales increased by over 20%, by over 70% in 2020. So marijuana seems to have been the the drug of choice for many people to to deal with the lockdown. And as a fact, as a matter of fact, several states even designated dispensaries as an essential business in California and some other places. Places. So weed, you know, is already important to the lives of millions of people in America. We know that, right? And it is our contention, and this was the original um, premise of this business, is that as more and more states legalize it, okay, as the stigma associated with it fades, as it becomes more and more accessible to people, you know, across the nation, Ganja-loving travelers are going to start seeking out vacation destinations uh, where weed is legal, where they can smoke it, right? Places like Jamaica, right? With warm weather, with great beaches that are um, easily accessible, you know, from the United States and Europe, uh, with um, lots of interesting things to do and where it is legal, right? So that that is the premise. But Jamaica has a problem, right? And the problem is this. Um, Despite its long and storied association with weed, you know, Americans have been coming down there to buy it for decades, and they have been getting it with no problems at all, you know, on the black market. Um, Despite that history, if I in Chicago or you in New York or in Las Vegas wanted and you're a ganja lover and you wanted to plan a ganja vacation in Jamaica, there is no single place that you could go to to get the information you need, right? Ganja-friendly hotels to the information about dispensaries, uh, to get information about tours and activities, to see special deals, that sort of thing. And so that's what ganjavacations.net is. That's what we have created, okay? but but we are different in um, uh, and and so and basically our mission, to put it another way, is to provide just about everything that a ganja loving traveler would need to research, plan, and book a ganja vacation in Jamaica. Okay? We're not yet at the full realization of what we want to be in terms of content and a bunch of other stuff, right? But we're getting there. And there are three, what I'd call, differentiating things about us, right? One is that um, we're not selling rooms. You can't book a room on on Ganja vacations. What we're selling are experiences, right? A package. Each of the uh, uh, hotels on the property 
offers a package. And that package, of course, includes a certain number of room nights. It might include airport pickup. It might include meals. Uh, it might include tours and activities. And it includes uh, ganja experiences in some form. And all of that, it varies individually you know, from property to property. Uh, some, some, some properties offer weed. Some properties will, you know, transport you to the dispensary. You can buy dispensers where you can buy it. Some include ganja farm tours. It varies, you know, from property uh, to property. So that's that's that's. And what's also what what's also differentiating about us is that the packages, these ganja vacation packages that we're offering on our site, are unique to us. You can't get them even from the properties that are offering them. You can't, you can't get them on their website. Our website is the only places where you know, that is being offered. The second differentiating thing about us is that we're only working with small properties. I don't feel that we're likely to have any property on the site more than, say, about 40 or 50 rooms. And uh, many of the properties we will have well, it may only be B&Bs with two or three rooms, you know. And um, Jamaica has uh, lots and lots of these properties. By some, by some, uh, by one count, I've seen as much as 1,500 of them. Many of them, very chic, very interesting properties at, uh, at uh, picturesque locations, offering a wonderful combination of beautiful accommodations, wonderful service and and good culinary experiences um and um and and uh, we believe they also offer a much more authentic you know cultural jamaican experience than the big hotels anyway and uh, the big hotels are, are will eventually come to cannabis tourism i believe but um uh you know they're going to come there late um uh, the third differentiating thing I would mention is that we are not trying to market to the general public. Um, you know, our, our objective is to work with um, cannabis culture and lifestyle media, and there are a bunch of them out there. You probably know some of them. High Times, Mary Jane. Uh, we're, to work with them to reach known, with the underscore known cannabis users. Um, marketing with general public will achieve some success. You know, if you believe that, you know, 12% of the American people uh, are into weed, but um, we want to be more direct in terms of reaching um, a, um, a traveler uh, who we are already certain uh, have an interest in cannabis. So that was a long-winded answer, and I'm not even sure I answered your <laughs> question, but... So you're pretty much working with folks who have already done the research in terms of demographics, et cetera. Um, you mean in terms of our media partners? Yes. Oh, yes. They're, 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 already, they're already in the um, uh, cannabis business. They are, they, uh, you take a magazine like, say, uh, High Times, or um, a lot of people know that one because it's the oldest of them. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, Mary Jane is another one it's owned by Snoop Dogg and a bunch of other people. Uh, they are they are cannabis um, news, culture, and lifestyle magazines, reaching reaching serious cannabis enthusiasts. 
Yeah. yeah. The other thing about working with these small hotels in Jamaica, uh, I, I should not even say hotels. I, I generally call them accommodations because some of them are so small. But many of these properties are already aggressively, you know, or even evangelically ganja friendly. So, uh, so it is for for many of them. It's not a big stretch, and I think also that many of them see cannabis tourism as a pathway, a sustainable pathway to uh, a post-COVID recovery. Um, you know, the, these properties, and especially these small properties, um, were in lockdown for months, and uh, they suffered, you know, um, remarkably uh, during the COVID lockdown. There was. Uh, no money is coming in, you know, for for many many months, and so they've really had a hard time. And many of them are are having an even harder time recovering. I'm looking at your website right now, looking at some of yeah. the deals. Yeah, the, these uh, properties are really good. You've got things from beachfront cottages to up in the mountains with the cool right. air. I mean, right. these are some awesome packages. <laughs> Yeah, we think so. You know, and the um, we want to, we want to, you know, there are different people. Um, each of those, um, each of those types of experiences appeals to different people. There's some, there are some people who want to be two thousand feet up in the mountains, you know, uh, living close to the locals and and smoking weed. There are other people who want to be at a beachfront um, fancy resort but with access to weed as well. So we want to provide both of those kinds of experiences. We also want to provide uh, experiences at price points that range essentially from hostels to luxury. Um, and we're not quite there yet with that. We do have a couple of hostels and some others we're talking with, but uh, that's also um, uh, important for us to do. Because these customers come at all price points. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm noticing the range of price points. I mean, I'm I'm look I'm yeah. and I'm just looking at the first page of the deals. I see anything from twelve hundred dollars a night down to four hundred dollars a night. I see one for fifteen hundred dollars a night, which is a villa right on the beach. I mean, this yeah. is awesome. <laughs> you know, it's a eight eight days, yeah. eight yeah. days for fifteen hundred dollars US is a pretty darn good deal, regardless oh, yeah. of whether it's ganja or not. <laughs> right, right, bro. Yeah, yeah. As I listen to you, Norman, as as I listen to you. From your answers, I'm hearing more and more that this is a more of a business opportunity for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I yeah. think at the end of the day, you'd be kind of crazy. I mean, they legalized uh, uh, cannabis here in Las Vegas, I think, three years ago now. And overnight, like dozens of uh, uh, cannabis dispensaries showed up around the city. Right. And right. Uh, I've spoken to several of them. They're like you. Yeah. Or like me, they've yeah. never smoked a joint in their life. Right, right. Um, but they're business people, and they right. they put the dollars where where everything is going. I mean, I also think it's um, a brilliant juxtaposition of linking, or not a juxtaposition, <laughs> but linking uh, wellness to traditional wellness with ganja because they're they're inextricably linked on in some way. It's just how you define wellness for you. Right, right, right. And you know the um, the and as I said earlier. You know, a ganja vacation does not have to be in Jamaica. Uh, it has it. It can be anywhere in the Caribbean. Uh, it can be. It can be in California. It can be in Oregon. It can be in Washington. It can be in New York. Right. It can be in Massachusetts. Uh, those are you know, and there's already, I believe, a burgeoning uh, 
ganja vacation business in, in, in the Western states, places like Colorado and California. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, it uh, is still in its infancy, but I think eventually this is going to be a very big business. And then, of course, Mexico is coming online. It's already legal in in um, in um, in Uruguay. You know, there are other places in Latin America that um, where I see where I see it opening up. And um, um, and then there are other aspects of it. You know, um, um, one of the opportunities that I see is uh, in cannabis weddings. Uh, cannabis weddings is already um, a um, an emerging phenomenon in California and a few other places. I would have never thought about that. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yes, oh yes. And with now, it's it's going to be difficult to execute it in Jamaica over the pa- over the next year or so. But you know, it is it is a perfect match for Jamaica because not only is Jamaica famous for its weed, but Jamaica is the number one place in the world for destination weddings, right? And, uh, and just about every resort in Jamaica, however small, has experience um, uh, with um, putting on these weddings. And there are a lot of these wedding planners and so on down there. So marrying wet weddings and ganja for Jamaica and for other places, I think, is sort of a natural and um and um and so it is it is it is it is not just recreational the business uh the long term vision of the business is not just recreational but it is health and wellness it is events it is it is it is weddings and all kinds of special events let me, let me ask you a question cuz i know this is very it's done a lot here in the states um like here in Nevada, they tied the uh, uh, tax revenue, if you will, from uh, the marijuana trade to specific industries that need financial help, like you know, poor schools and things like that. Are they doing something similar in Jamaica as well? Uh, no, they're not. Um, I think the government is too is too starved for cash, so everything <laughs> is everything is going into the. I think the regular. Um, tax um, okay. pocket yeah all right dave you know what to do now <laughs> potentially um or perhaps based on your studies what impact do you see this having on the economies and 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 i know we're pretty much saying jamaica at this point because that's that's where we're starting but p- potentially what impact do you see this having a gdp in small territories like in the caribbean Oh, I think it could be huge. You know, um, it is, it is, it is, um, it is more revenues for resorts. Uh, more revenues for the uh, for the resort means for the resorts means um, more jobs um, and more jobs in the tourism industry. Uh, uh, you know, has a multiplier multiplier effect across the economy. Um, there is one place. I don't remember where this was, and I hate to say this. I think it was in the Virgin Islands, I think I saw, where um, uh, they're going to allow people for a hundred bucks, people who come in on the cruise ships to, to buy a day pass for a hundred dollars. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and um, but just the revenue projections from just that one thing, um, I don't remember the number, but it was a very big number, you know, in terms of the of the budget of that island. Mm-hmm. And so, I, 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 and, and so um, the, um, uh, the the impact on 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 um, on these islands and the uh, 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 and their small budgets. Um, will be huge, and it's just adding on to an industry uh, that is already very important, you know, to these islands. But I think diversifying, mm-hmm. um, diversifying that industry a little bit. Mm. And uh, and I'll tell you what I can see where I'm thinking if someone is really intrigued and the catalyst that gets someone to uh, to a destination um, is based on on a Ganja vacation. There are other elements of tourism that might also appeal to these folks. And, you know, so I can see exponentially, exponentially how this already increase uh, tourism arrivals. Right, right, right. Yeah, and, and, I, and then, you know, Jamaica already gets over 4 million foreign visitors a year. Okay? About half of those come by cruise ships and the other half uh, are what they call overnight stays, I think it's term they use people who stay yeah. in a hotel actually stay right. in a hotel for more than one night right and um and um uh, you know uh, you don't have to convert more than say um you know one or two or three percent of those people many of whom are already uh um ganja lovers in order to create a very significant um uh, uh ganja tourism business on the other we expect that much of this is going to come from new people, people who will choose. I mean, these are people who take regular vacations, right? These right. are these are mid to upper income people who take regular vacations. It's just a matter of choosing this place over other places because of Ganja. But some of these people may already have been thinking about Jamaica. They're just changing the kind of vacation or the kind of place they normally go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. That that makes perfect sense. Um, well, since we're talking about Jamaica, and I know that's where you're from, uh, let's set the ganja part of it aside for just a moment, and also tie in the other cultural aspects of Jamaica uh, into the conversation. I mean, I've been to Jamaica several times, primarily in Ocho Rios and Montego Bay, but I've also been to Kingston. Give us, give us like the if somebody wants to just come to Jamaica, ganja aside. What are some of the lures that brings people into Jamaica from your perspective, since you know so much about the country itself? Well, you know, um, I believe the main lure that brings people to Jamaica are its beaches and its weather. Yeah. And um, the the overwhelming majority of the tourists, especially the American, the North American tourists who come to Jamaica, uh, they probably never wander more than a quarter mile from the beach. <laughs> that's probably that's probably true, <laughs> right? Which uh, which I think is sad because um, there's so much more that the island has to offer. You know, in terms of its culture, uh, in terms of its food, uh, you know, the friendliness of the people, um, some of the natural phenomenon. You know, phenomenon in terms of uh, you know waterfalls and and a bunch of other things that the tourists. Who um who are really uh, interested more in the cultural aspect of the island, I get to experience. 
Sounds like you're vying for Minister Bartlett's job now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Th that job comes with too many headaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Business people know better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when I, the last time I was in Jamaica, I don't remember where I was. Uh, I know yeah. it was in the northwest part of the country, and I went tubing. They took us up right. into the mountains, and I went tubing. It was as peaceful. It was like a whole oh, yeah. different world because you're, you're on the beach. You got all the tourists and all the noise right, that comes yeah. with tourism. Yeah. And here I am, you know, a half hour away, tubing down some river and yeah. having the time of my life with the, the guides who were with us. And it, it was fun. And I don't think people know that stuff like that exists in Jamaica. Yeah, we've seen right. the horses on the beach and the grill. We, we've seen right. that. This type of stuff was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people go to places like Jamaica just to just to chill, to veg out, you know, to do as little as possible and to get burnt on the beach. And, um, you know, for many people, that's really all they need. That's all they want. And that's okay. You know, uh, if, if, uh, if, if, if the island delivers that, they are happy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, but by the way, it hasn't escaped my attention. Uh, I'm on ganjavacations.net for those of you who are uh, listening to this podcast and want to learn more about uh, the ganja vacations. And I'm sitting here looking at this ganja vacation gift certificate for 100 dollars <laughs> dollars man. Come on now. <laughs> I read an article somewhere where you said your focus is mainly on the U.S. and Canadian markets. Um, is is that simply because that's Jamaica's target market, or because? And the reason I'm asking the question because I find that other regions, other parts of the world, they tend to be a little bit more liberal in terms of how they view uh, ganja mm -hmm. right. or marijuana. Uh, yeah, no, that is the I forget what the percentage is, but the overwhelming majority of Jamaica's tourism business comes from North America. From North America. Yeah. Right, from the United right. States and Canada. Uh, as And the overwhelming majority of the visitors to our website also comes from North America. Uh, we do get a fair number of visitors from Britain and from Germany, uh, from, and uh, believe it or not, from Russia. Um, but, um, but, um, but um, yeah, the, the North America is where the big market is. Yeah, yeah. Have you have have you had conversations? And I would imagine this probably would be a conversation with the Ministry of Minister of Tourism, his his portfolio. Um, have there been any pushback, or are they full, are they fully receptive to the idea of having a, a, a gentrification gentrifications? I've not gotten any pushback, essentially because I've not talked to them. I'm not sure they know we exist. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, but as I said earlier, um, um, you know, they believe in Ganja tourism. Uh, they're planning on it. Uh, they um, they see um, dollar signs in their eyes. Right. Both both in terms of taxes. And in terms of the foreign exchange it's going to bring into the country, right, uh, right, their focus is on is on health and wellness. But um, uh, I believe in time. I don't know when this will happen. I believe in time. Like in most places, um, the recreational weed will be legal, and the laws will be 
you know, loosened up, loosened up to facilitate that. But and you know, um, uh, you know, um, black market weed is as easy as getting a drink of water in Jamaica, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it, it it is everywhere, and um, and um, the government has never really uh, tried to um, uh, to put it out. Uh, I don't think they they. They um, they would be able to even even if they tried. So um, even though uh, you know uh, since the decriminalization, you know um, um, dispensaries have been popping up all over the island, um, black market weed is still very easy to get, and um, and is everywhere. And um, you know um, the, a number of our resorts are in the. Um, in the western part of the country, and um, several of them close to an area called Orange Hill, which is famous worldwide for its ganja. So it's um, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. One of the interesting thing, yeah, I mentioned that dispensaries are popping up all over the place, and um, uh, you know, from the feedback I get from people who have visited them, that's you know the. The dispensaries in America are um, sort of like dispensaries, right? They sort of have a have a, a sterile look and feel to them. Yeah. yeah, the dispensaries in Jamaica, I've not visited any of them yet, uh, are totally different. You know, they are part, you know, um, uh, medical clinic, part you know, Amsterdam coffee house, <laughs> part, <laughs> a part sort of hipster um, boutique and spa and restaurant uh, with some of them with really nice smoking lounges. Uh, some of them, you know, on balconies that look over uh, over to the sea. It's, it's a totally different experience yeah. than, than, um, than a dispenser here in the United States. Yeah, it's, it's, like, the culture, it's like the culture within the culture. Yeah, that, that, that's cool. Hey, I have a question to ask you, too, that just occurred to me, and it's actually in your frequently asked questions section on your website, but I'm going to ask it anyway. When, when you're traveling into Jamaica and you're staying at one of the resorts, uh, how does the visitor acquire and or I don't want to say consume because that's the purpose they're going there anyway, but how do they acquire that once they get in country? Because I noticed that there, it seems to be all over the map. Some properties have it there. Some properties give it as a gift package. How would? Well, you can about? get it. You can get it a bunch of ways. Um, many of the properties, right? They want you to have the experience as soon as you get off the plane, because in some instances it might be a, an hour or ninety minute, perhaps even a two hour drive from the airport to get to the property, right? And so there are a handful of dispensaries. That are very close to the airport, within ten or fifteen minutes of the airport. So almost all of the properties are giving the guests the option option to stop at one of the stop off and and uh, talk to a bud tender, get a, uh, get some knowledge about uh, Jamaican strains, and uh, you know buy some supplies for the trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but on the other hand, you know there are 
there are dispensers popping up all over in all of the major tourist centers. Um, and, um, and um, you know, in just about every little village, um, there are ganja farmers. You know, some of them are, are, um, are legal, some of them are not. But everybody knows who they are <laughs> and, and how to find them. And, um, and, um, and so if you're at one of these little properties and you want to get some, it's, it's as easy as pie. Yeah. Including with the cab driver who's driving you from the airport, he knows where to go too. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I mean, in some instances, he might be offering you some. <laughs> no, I, 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 no I, I'm serious. People have people have talked about this that the um, you know the red cap helping them with their baggage out to the taxi is trying to sell them weed, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I can't even ask you because you said you don't smoke. You've never smoked uh, weed, but I, but I, I can't even ask you what what, what a weed ex, a smoking weed experience is like. No, I I, I, I cannot answer that question. At least not <laughs> at least not yet. <laughs> at least not yet. <laughs> well, Dave could tell you. Oh no, 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 no! You asked me about Appleton. I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me about Appleton and Ray and Nevue. Norman would know what that is. Yes, right. But That's... you know, yeah, I've not been on Barbados in such a long time. But the last time I went there, um, I remember taking home a bottle of something called sugarcane brandy. Does that sugarcane make sense? brandy? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is rum, Michael. That's rum. I, I, I know yeah. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 that, that, that I do know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, on some level, someday the U.S. is going to relax their banking laws when it comes to this right. business. There is too much. Look, one thing we all know about America, they're motivated by dollar bill. There is too much money being left on the table for them not to eventually get the federal government to relax some of these laws. Right. right. It will. It will happen. I mean, it's common sense, you know, that that um, that they do it. Yeah, all, all this infrastructure they want to pay for, they can actually finance it with the taxes they charge on marijuana. Yeah. And I would think during a prohibition to get past that, I mean, it must have been must have been just as challenging as well for alcohol. Yeah, I mean, that was. Um. Historically speaking, that was a little bit different uh, from the standpoint that uh, it became legal once prohibition ended, and it was legal before prohibition started. It was kind of a movement of the Puritan crowd to kind of clean up America and stuff like that. And 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 you know, it wasn't looked upon as this uh, a drug that could you know, put you six feet under. It wasn't, it just wasn't perceived like that. Marijuana, unfortunately, has also, has been tied to more of the hardcore stuff like the heroines and the cocaine and stuff like that. And this has been going on since I was a child. No one bothered to differentiate marijuana with the more hardcore stuff. They all lumped it together. You remember Nancy Reagan's just say no and all that stuff back in the eighties. And uh, unfortunately, the target of it became recreational marijuana use instead of the hardcore stuff. And the, the marijuana just got a bad name. I mean, I've known people since I was a child who smoked marijuana and 
it's actually safer than drinking a bottle of that uh, uh, rum you were talking about just now. Mm-hmm. What did Bill Clinton say? He didn't inhale or something like that? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I've got a farm to sell you. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, for the crazy Americans, because I know Amer- some Americans are going to try this. They're going to go up to Customs and Immigration and say, I bought me some duty-free cannabis from Jamaica to take home. <laughs> no, buddy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because we we all we all know Americans don't like to follow laws all too well. They like to fracture a few in the name of Eddie Murphy from his movie. So um, this has been one hell of an eye opening experience, Norman. I am like so glad yeah. I was in uh, San Francisco when Dave told me about you, and uh, so I was reading it while I was on the plane. This has been an eye opener for me, and yes. I'm actually glad you're doing it because I think you're onto something, and I think this is the future. Um, you know, and this. This the sky's the limit with this. Well, I'm hoping so. I'm planning on it. <laughs> <laughs> Your investment dollars will not be in vain as soon as we get COVID under control. Right, right. And that this, is the and that is the big if. You know, is it going to be next month or is it going to be you know five years from now? That's that's a really very big if. Right. And and a lot of investment dollars um, will hinge on a judgment as to you know, when that if breaks. Michael is circling the wagons here. Just meaning to ask you if you're looking for business partners. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that kind of money, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you can bring the clientele, man. You're in Vegas. Uh, no, well, Vegas has got their own. My bigger clientele would be my connections to the entertainment industry. <laughs> those guys, those guys can buy it by the pound. <laughs> no, I, I mean, you, you really are into something. I, here's the thing, you know, like in some states, like in Indiana or what was it, Ohio, where they were giving away million dollars for people to get COVID shots. Here's what you do: you give away a couple free vacations for the uh, to for ganja vacations. Got to get a shot. I guarantee yeah. you, they were the people who yeah. are holding out. They will show up in droves. Yeah, they were doing. They were giving away weed in some place. I forget where it was, uh, but in one of the western states. They oh were wow! Giving, oh yeah, yeah. Wow, I didn't. I didn't know that. Well, I, I'm just yeah. trying to help you out, brother. You got to make yeah, some yeah, money on yeah. this. You invested <laughs> too much in this. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, again, Norman, appreciate you, man. Hey, keep us updated on what's going on with you. We can, you know, I, I get you back. Way, yeah. Let us know how things are evolving. As is, hopefully, I, I mean, I, I am praying somehow or another people come to their senses, especially here in North America, about getting these vaccinations. But until then, uh, I, I understand the struggle. Dave and I are kind of going through it in a different space, but we get it. So uh, just keep us updated, man. This is this is a fascinating conversation, and like I said, I think you're onto something. Well, thank you very much, and uh, we'll keep in touch. Yeah. Can you articulate, which you did so well earlier, um, what a ganja vacation is like? What's the importance of taking a, a, a ganja vacation? And how folks can get hold of you? Well, they can find us on ganjavacations.net. Uh, we offer a whole range of ganja experience, ganja vacation experiences, experiences in Jamaica. Uh, we offer. Uh, experiences to fit just about any budget. Uh, you can find a Ganja vacation from perhaps around under $500 actually to over $2,000 uh, at places in the mountains or uh, in the big uh, uh, um, resort towns. And, um, and um, you get to uh, spend a few days on the beach or in some 
a cool mountaintop cabin, uh, have a good time, eat wonderful Jamaican cuisine, and smoke as much weed as as you want. Um, how better way to spend a vacation? You know, especially if you have your boo with you. Right? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> and it probably fit, and it probably fits very well for digital nomads, doesn't it? Right. Say that again. I said it probably fits very well for digital nomads. Right, right. And, you know, the wonderful thing these days is even in these um, out-of-the-way mountain cabins, uh, you can get Wi-Fi. (laughs) Yes. So if you take a break to see what's happening in the office or catch up on the news back home, uh, you can still do that from just about anywhere. Well, you, you you said the magic words that'll get my girlfriend's att- attention. Her nickname, <laughs> her, her nickname for me is Boo. Um, <laughs> anyway, on that note, my dear friend, uh, appreciate you. Uh, again, we've been talking to Norman Lawrence. He is the founder and CEO of Ganja Vacations, and his website is ganjavacations.net. You can head off to Jamaica at your earliest convenience. And uh, by the way, uh, Ganja Vacations will not stop there as more and more laws are relaxed. This uh, platform will be expanded. Uh, he's already promised us that. So we look forward to hearing more from him soon. And on behalf of my dear friend Dave Cumberbatch, this is Michael Gordon Bennett saying so long. And we'll see you next Monday on another edition of Cryptcast 360.